Everybody, uh, welcome back to Africa for Dummies. This is episode three, and joined as always with me is Mr. Zenge. How are you hey, doing, man? Everybody, hello, everybody. How are you doing, man? Episode three. Yeah, um, we're very happy to have everybody listening to us. It's amazing how some people are responding. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you if you're listening to this on whichever platform you're listening to. Please give us a little follow, share the podcast to whoever you think would be interested in this. And yeah, leave us a like. And on top of that, uh, follow our Africa for Dummies Spotify playlist where we handpick, specially handpick African music. Right. So today, episode three, episode three. I mean, Africa is multilingual. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multi, multiple European languages. The irony. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be talking to our co-host, that is Mr. Nathan, yeah. who is an agribusiness student slash yeah. specialist slash enthusiast on the three Ds. That is the name of our third podcast today. We're going to be talking about how African migrant labor tends to be dirty, degrading, and dangerous, and the politics around that specifically. So Nathan wrote a paper uh, on uh, illegal African immigrants and yeah. particularly uh, in the agriculture sector and employment around that. So yeah. Nathan, well, let me let me let me uh, sorry sorry to cut you. Let me just give a disclaimer first of all. Um, this was written as a requirement for for a certain class first of all. So I'm not like a professional in this field. I think it's just great to discuss and some of the findings that I found when going through some of this research and initially it kind of started as this thing where i was just looking at how farms in africa handle human resource management but then my professor pulled me to the side when i when i first saw it sent him my draft and he goes like nathan you have a lot of common sense use it <laughs> because it was just all over it was all over the place it was just i was talking about <laughs> you have a lot of common sense use it so i was i like i had a lot of like because i was all over the place mm. that sort of a thing so i kind of looked at what what's going on with migration and particularly in africa and also focused more on um south african agriculture so yeah, yeah just just a small disclaimer i'm not necessarily a professional maybe you guys are professional so uh you can definitely send in your <laughs> responses we, we, we... We will be very interested in listening to more yeah. expert opinions. If you have any particular views on the issue, yeah. and you know, it's a very broad, sometimes controversial issue. So Nathan, we basically borrowed the title from what you said uh, and what you term as uh, the three D's, which basically is that dirty, degrading and, de and dangerous. Please explain to us um, why this is the case with undocumented immigrants, especially Africans when they go to Europe. Oh, okay. 3D, dirty, dangerous, degrading uh, agriculture labor. Yeah. So just to explain what those three terms mean. So you've got the dirty, of course, agriculture labor, like you're working on a farm, you're working, it's dirty, you're obviously going to get dirty. It's quite dangerous, uh, very dangerous because people tend to have 
back pains when they go out in the field. And also the spray, the chemicals that are used um, in agriculture can be very dangerous. I remember reading that some women who were exposed to these chemicals reportedly had children with some deformities because of these chemicals. So these chemicals are bad. And sometimes they actually, there's some reports that they've caused some people have cancer and some of these workers is especially safety standards in yeah very very yeah 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 and one in, in south africa as i mentioned earlier it's actually a very serious um, issue because a lot of workers are not protected from these uh chemicals and even in europe itself when they come over i think there were some documentaries i watched done by al jazeera you know that showed videos that these workers basically they go in no mask no nothing like there's no protective gear and they just go in and spray with these chemicals so typically migrant workers basically go into these areas and they, they, they find themselves in these jobs because they don't necessarily have the paperwork. First of all, they're not legal. They're, illegal. Covered, they're, yeah. not, they're not documented, one. So secondly, um, they don't have any, you don't have any formalized skill, I should say. You could come right. and you can be a doctor, but then like it's not formalized. You know, so it's like you won't be recognized anyway. It's not recognized essentially. So you're you're just coming into uh, Europe, and you have to find a job where somebody doesn't care about this. People don't care about documents. People don't care. They just want to get yeah. cheap labor, that sort of thing. That's why people tend to go into these fields in particular. Yeah, and I'm glad you actually mentioned the issue about doctors and this fact that they're not covered, and they'll probably end up going to cheap labor and the different types of jobs. Because what I also wanted to ask was, what type of migrants actually go into these, this, the farming sector as illegal um, migrants in Europe or in South Africa? And mm. why would a doctor, for example, why would someone with such, you know, mm. high, such a high job qualification skill, what benefit do they see in getting these low-wage jobs? And why agriculture? Mm. Well, the, 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 the type of people that go into these jobs vary, like from from a teacher to a farm worker, like somebody that's a subsistence farmer. So it, it, it really does uh, vary. As for why, uh, why they, I, I think you're... Yeah, the second question was basically, why do they accept, uh, what are the benefits of getting a low-wage job? Why do they accept low-wage I mean, job? It, it's still, the, the job may still be low-wage for that country, but there is a significant income differential that exists between the the source country, which is the country where the the migrant is coming from, and to the country that they're also they're also going to, which is the host country. But the thing the thing is, uh, it's important to note that when it comes to why migrants decide to leave, um, it's easy to just go and say that it's it's simply because of income differentials. But it's actually very very complex to really mm. boil down to what exactly causes them to move because um uh the it's easy it's easy to just say income different there are a variety of reasons some variety, some reasons could be uh to join family other reasons are to join um, family in the area that in they the are area exactly there's that there's also education it's 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 a number of reasons so it can't just be it's it, you know it's it can't just be about to, yeah um, i try my best not to just say oh it's simply because of 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 money so there, there are a variety of reasons that push someone to move. And keep in mind that these these um, journeys are not cheap, right? It's not right. something that's easy. And I read somewhere that... Through the Sahel, right? The, yeah. 
from uh, for example from Burkina Faso through to Libya that's another story that's, yeah, yeah. I think almost modern day slavery that's going on in, in Libya. Libya in Libya yeah I read somewhere that it costs more for people to migrate from Africa to Europe than it does for someone in South America to migrate to the United States of America so the cost of migration is still high and people still take on that journey so I think from the I think what factors into the costs of migration do you, what do you, do you have to pay middlemen or something like what yeah what is um, definitely there's uh, flying, you're not going by boat you're not using an actual legal route to it so, yeah yeah it's it's a lot of I think it, uh most of the cost goes to middlemen I'm not too sure about that I need to definitely yeah. go on and check that out but yeah I think um I remember watching a documentary where they say that you know middlemen do make they do break bank and uh you know these boats all those types of things like they they, they do make uh, it's, it's created an industry and also the movement for for migrants tends to be like most of the migration i think uh, majority of the migration that exists in africa tends to be from rural to rural and also sometimes now i think there's within some study africa? yeah within africa so rural no sorry rural to urban sorry about that and then uh now they're starting to see a lot of rural to rural which is somebody moving from a rural area that's less well off moving on to another rural area that's a little bit um better and also like a lot of small-scale farmers or should i say subsistence farmers or rural households yes send people to urban areas or to other better rural areas as a way to kind of diversify their income sort of having one one leg into the more yeah it's 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 a risk it's a risk management strategy so the basically even when the fao did their research they found that households that didn't have some sort of a relative or family member that stayed in an urban area they were uh, caught in what's called the hunger trap because they were less food secure than people that did and uh um, oh, listen the FAO is a UN agency responsible oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah like, sorry the yeah. food and agriculture uh, organization so the um, yeah so the, a lot of fa- uh, families in rural areas use this as a risk management strategy so you send someone to an urban area to kind of uh be this um source of you know source of uh, extra source of income in case anything uh in case anything were to happen so you definitely do see it like drought i suppose yeah you know with recent bouts of drought across parts of africa mm-hmm. you you probably find that people would want to diversify their income knowing that there could be one day when there's no, no but then this is this strategy is not only like uh for african i mean even american american farmers do it too they when you look at the small scale farmers in america most of them have other jobs it's not like they're just solely surviving on on farming like they yeah. a lot of them make losses keep that in mind like a lot it's just that they have you know greater access to finance than um some of our our our, our farmers in africa do yeah, yeah. so yeah, that, that's actually interesting that you mentioned that um especially going back to earlier what you just said about the diversity of mm. reasons that people would leave uh mm. i wanted to ask why is there such a diversity and now i'm looking at the wage payments in the illegal migrant market why is there such a diversity of wage payments because you listed i think three different wage payments and mm. ways in which undocumented immigrants get paid just explain that to us uh, yeah the international labor organization basically listed three methods of pay, of of payment 
the first one was uh, I think the peace wage, which is an older it was an older method that used to exist in the past, basically. And the peace wages are simply where you get paid after you do the job. So I tell you, going to collect, you collect all these things, and I'll pay you fixed rate. I'll pay you this amount of money once the job is done. And who decides? Uh, who decides how much? Does the just is that just up to the employer on how much they should pay them uh, on the peace wage? Yeah, like, I mean it's 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 definitely up to the employer because first of all, you're, you're an illegal migrant, so it's not easy to find. It's not easy for you to find work. Of course, if you're in an area where there are lots of other farms, like it gives the workers more options to to choose. But um, you know, in South Africa, for example, there's something called uh, you know they have a a paternalistic uh, sort of relationship with their farm workers. So it's like paternalistic is where like the relationship is almost like father and uh, father and son or father and basically child. Basically keeping you and being responsible for your welfare. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know if that's the same in Europe, but I know in, uh, in South Africa that does exist. So you're more or less at the, at the mercy of your employer. Yeah, to a certain yeah, yeah but, uh, this arrangement, yeah. Yeah, from what I saw in, in the in the South African situation, yeah, like a lot of farm workers are basically at the mercy of the of the farmer. So even when they want to go somewhere, they have to of course they have to ask and tell them. And for the farmer it's great because they, they enjoy having the worker uh, close by. And I think one thing that farmers uh, or any employers try to uh, mitigate is uh, absenteeism. So having that relationship kind of, it removes that absenteeism sort of like factor. So, yeah, exactly. So absenteeism is, oh, today I'm not coming, boss, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I guess there's pros, there's pros and cons, but obviously there's also the issue of, you know, how the, the extent to which that paternalistic thing can be good because you can be almost captive. At yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which you described as having peace, peace where, yeah peace where somebody you get paid after the job is done it's okay. it used to be common in the past but now it still exists but it exists in areas where quality is not quality is not the main priority so if quality is not a significant priority then you do that but then once minimum wage got introduced um yeah. start, hourly wages became uh, more popular that's the second that's the second that's second yeah so hourly wages is where i pay you by the hour the hours that you work i i pay you for that so those okay. are the those are the ones that you find uh more commonly and also salary i think i've seen that in africa as well like uh, you get paid at the end of a month or whatever as this have, so we've got peace wage which is mm -hmm. more or less your employer is kind of keeping you and you do the job and you get paid for whatever job you're doing as it mm -hmm. comes yeah, and then is the hourly slash minimum wage? Am I right? Yeah, our, hourly. So the hourly slash minimum wage um, payment system—that's mm. a much more widely used one, right? Are there any benefits in particular that distinguish the hourly wage one to the peace wage one, for the farmer or the for the employer, for the employee? I think, I mean, at the end of the day, like even when it comes to peace peace rate, like the farmer still has to figure out a way. I mean, the, the farmer has to still figure out a way of paying the, the if, if, if it's regulated, of course, farmer still needs to figure out a way to pay his workers at least the minimum wage, even when it's peace rate, like it still has to reach the minimum wage. I think the hourly one, it also takes into account like absenteeism. 
So for the farmer, it's kind of a benefit, like, uh, and it's also used where quality is, quality is a major, is, is a priority. And this uh, one doesn't have that much to do with quality, but this no, one. Peace, peace, peace wages are used where quality is not. Because um, I, I think there was one farm where she, I think there was, it was, it was in a paper and it was a, it was a lady and she basically was trying to figure out how to reduce her, her costs. And she realized that she had like too many workers and also additionally, like uh, some of the workers, like they didn't care that much about the quality. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it tends to be used where there's quality is not the biggest issue, just picking, doing something and all that type of thing. But uh hourly wages used when when these things are what do you call this where quality is a bit where quality is, is also important yeah. but i think the the difficulty for Im- illegal immigrants for them uh is figuring out a way for this to be um because it's not documented right yeah let's figure sort of a way exactly for figure like right. you do you as a as a worker it's very difficult for you to take this court to case i mean this case to court it's very difficult for you to if you're if you're not paid well like for example there's much room for legal action if something there's no wrong. room because who's going to represent you you're not yeah. not legal you know mm-hmm. so it's it's difficult for the for the illegal migrant because because it's difficult to even get represented. If the farmer can just say, look, I'm not paying you guys anymore or something like that. And there's nothing you can do. Like the, I remember there was a situation in Spain where a particular group of people, I think migrants coming from Morocco, um, were complaining about uh, the situation in that Spanish uh, area. And the, they just simply replaced them. Like you guys, are, <laughs> they, could, they can't really do anything about it. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. They're just oh, you guys, you guys, you guys want to make noise? Then we're going to get the Polish workers. They're going to, you know, wow. they're going to do this for us. Then how do Africans in with the Polish? Okay. Yeah, it's like how are you? How are you, what are you going to? What are you going to do about that? You know. So, yeah. it's 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 one of the major concerns for illegal migrants. Like apart from the various ones, like housing and yeah. that sort of a thing so it's one of the one of the issues for sure wage. so we got we got peace wage and then we got the hourly slash minimum wage and then what's yeah. the third one salary the common one which is basically i pay you at the end of the month or at the yeah. End of, yeah is that one recognized or it's also undocumented that one i'm not too sure um would they would the quality of the job mm-hmm. also be important and mm-hmm. uh, would it be more common for I think, African migrants in Europe or African migrants within Africa? Like hmm. Africa, South Africa, for example. I think the, the, the salary one is used for workers that they try to keep on for a long time. Hmm. So, okay. which is, is also, yeah, so which is very rare to see, actually, one of the things about agriculture, like farm labor, is that you don't, especially as an illegal immigrant like it's very hard for you to work your way up are most of the jobs temporary or permanent most yeah most of them most of them are temporary because you for example in the livestock sector it's mechanized so they don't really need that much there's not that huge demand for labor in 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 livestock production and then also in uh, grain production it's also mechanized highly mechanized so um, it's not there's not a huge there's not much of a demand for unskilled labor so it's in the, I think, I don't know if 
the crop or horticulture sector where they do need the labor to harvest. Mm. And in some African countries, maybe the, the planting uh, issue is also there. So, and also certain other tasks, but you only, you only need them uh, uh, on this, like, it's called seasonal labor. So you just need them based on the season, like, uh, oh, it's time to harvest, call a certain person who in South Africa, they, they basically send their, their uh, permanent labor. They tell them, go to your neighborhood, tell people we need people to we need pe- a group to of people. Go and scout yeah, of people to go and scout and say we need people to uh um, people hanging around in the periphery waiting yeah, for this basic, court, yeah basically go and find yeah. this amount of workers bring them here and yeah. that sort of a thing then once they're done bye don't need you anymore. <laughs> that sort wow. of a thing yeah so yeah yeah so that brings me to my other question especially when you mentioned how they basically use them and dispose of them as and mm-hmm. when needed and how you know for example in spain in south africa in other parts of europe how workers um are not really unionized they're not documented so basically the employees they the employers can do pretty much as they wish mm-hmm. do you think illegal immigrants should be more incorporated into trade unions and what's this you mentioned in your paper that there's a strategy of legalization in some countries um what does this what just what does this mean and what do you think about incorporating them into trade unions because you also mentioned something to do with mechanization which also affects people you know as um as we all know the last decade was full of people complaining about globalization mechanizing yeah. everything especially mm. in the world and that upset a lot of domestic people so yeah, expand on this. What do you think about them being part of trade unions? Um, well, yeah. when when it comes to trade unions, like in um, in South Africa, I'll keep mentioning South Africa because it was a country that I focused on in the in the paper. Yeah. But um, a lot of like farmers don't like trade unions, as obviously you know, like uh, they don't like them. So they do as much as they can to create incentives for the farm workers to not join a trade union. And even the the farm workers themselves sometimes don't like trade unions because sometimes they involve um, some sort of fee or something like that. So sometimes they don't, they don't actually go and join. And then also. Themselves that could possibly benefit from the trade unions don't like it because of the fees involved in being part of the yeah trade. sometimes some of the fees that are involved and then also the farm they know that the farmers don't like they don't yeah. like the trade union so they're like they 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 they, they try to stay away from them then from the if you're an, an undocumented immigrant you're on the best possible side with your employer and then you add on the trade union the tra- exactly yeah. you know and sometimes like keep in mind that these um a strategy a common strategy that's used i don't know if it's in used in europe but when an uh, illegal migrant comes to a farm, the employer, the farmer, basically takes tends to. It's very common for the farmer to take their passport to ensure that he doesn't. He basically, you know, is that, to, even, is that even legal? That's it's it, it, it okay. exists. So they take. It, I think it's also a way of ensuring uh, absenteeism, uh, ensuring that there's no absenteeism, and also, uh, I guess, in case of any thefts or something like that. That sort of a thing. So they keep, they actually keep their, sometimes I've seen reports where they do keep their, their passport. So, you know, you don't really have, you can't see anything as an illegal, you can't do anything. So 
even when it comes to this, I think it's also difficult to create a trade union for illegal migrants because trade unions actually even want immig- uh, illegal migrants migrant oh, labor part of the union. That's the- that, that's a very good question. I think yeah. that, that actually does need to be researched because, um, of course, you see the situation that happened in South Africa, you know, the xenophobia yes, and everything yeah. like that with the, the beef between the migrant, the migrant workers and uh, the domestic South African um, uh, workers. So uh, it, it really would be interesting to dive into. It's into, quite, a complex, into quite a complex answer, this one, to do with the illegal migrants. Country. Yeah. Because it's difficult for you to even join a trade union as an illegal migrant because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, because by definition, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> so yeah. how are you supposed to get represented? How are you supposed to get, you know, how are you, you're supposed to, like, it's difficult to represent someone that's undocumented. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's. So diving in further into this whole issue of legalization. Yeah. Does it, especially, I think in your paper, you mentioned that it's happening in some parts of the US. Mm. So how does this, you know, the issue of brain drain will always come up when it comes to African migrant labor and Mm. African migrants Mm. moving to more developed places and sometimes Africans moving to more developed African countries. Mm. So what does this mean? What is, what is the actual legalization process? And um, do you think it has an impact on the brain drain from Africa? and maybe in the developing world in general wait sorry could you repeat that (laughs) basically what's the legalization process and how is it impacting brain drain from africa because you know if you're an undocumented immigrant Mm -hmm. you are legalizing some would some would argue that legalization encourages undocumented immigrants yeah uh, sorry sorry uh yeah i mean in 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 my in my opinion i think it, it 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 encourages it because uh, from what I saw, it um, there was one statement I read. It was a quote. I forget by who, but they said that every legal, um, every legal way creates an illegal way. So uh, every legal way creates an illegal. illegal way. Yeah, every legal channel creates this illegal channel for uh, for migrants. So, like for example, in the U.S., there you know when you make it more legal, like more people, it's just going to encourage more people. To, to want to even come, you, you understand? So it's like Africa is already, first of all, Africa is already losing from, from the brain drain. I think some, some said 30, I can't remember the, the numbers, but yeah, like Africa is already losing to the brain drain. And then um, you create a program that's supposed to legalize, like people is just going to encourage more people to, to even want to travel. For example, in the US, they've created this program called, I don't know if it's still running, it's called the H2A program. It's a program okay. that tries to, it's it an immigration to, program. It's an immigration program where the, people have this temporary, um, you have temporary, uh, you're legal just for that period of time where the farm worker basically needs you. And then so it's tailored to make you legal according to the farmer's needs. Uh, precisely. So because like, yeah, basically, because farmers just basically they need when they need the workers, they need them urgently. And then when they don't need them, and it's not like they don't really, <laughs> they don't really care. Well, it's, about that. So it's kind of like that seasonal thing that you mentioned, but yeah, you go away, <laughs> temporary legal. Yeah, yeah te- you're only there temporarily. But of course, like some people figure out a way to just maybe run off or uh, extend it or something. Extend, yeah, like run off and do this sort of thing. But, you know, the, the, the interesting, um, the interesting thing is, I, I, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about it later, is that 
it's actually my illegal immigrants find it hard to find employment even after they're legalized why why is that yeah i don't i i also don't know like i was i was just reading about that somewhere but it's it's but yeah back to the question sorry i, I can go on tangents fascinating I yeah back, I, had, uh, I mean these are just questions floating now yeah um, maybe it's because their experience is undocumented so it's not recognized i don't know um mm. so it's just a stigma who knows yeah who knows um yeah we mm. could we could if anyone has any interesting questions on that we can you can email us on africa for dummies yeah and we can maybe expand on that later so going yeah. on to the second uh to the next question rather um, this is actually the sixth one hmm. you, you're talking about we're just we're now getting into the legalization and these immigration policies yeah um so i'm i'm kind i'm fascinated in the ways in which limiting or restricting migrants is applied you said in your paper that limiting or restricting migrants won't do much benefit to domestic documented workers hmm. how so because you know normally the the uh, anger is you know we should stop the wave of illegal immigrants coming in and getting our labor and mm. you say that won't work and then you also say uh, restricting them as um, mm. restricting them as well uh, won't work so it's like everything yeah. is, is it just a complex answer yeah it's, it's as as i said before like everything in, like most of the stuff in migration is quite complex but for the farmer first of all i just farmers like illegal immigrants because they yeah they do because, because um illegal immigrants do show more uh participation impl- uh you know employment participation than domestic workers tend to and also uh-huh. illegal immigrants like as i said before um the farmer basically dominates like he's his his everything you know so like they hold on to the passport i don't know if that exists in america and europe but in south africa it does they hold on to the passport they have full control so there's no absenteeism. There's everything that the pharmacist goes, you know, there's not, you, you get what I'm saying? So they, they do enjoy, what do you call this? They enjoy, enjoy um, they, they prefer illegal immigrants, of course, and also the fact that there is no minimum wage per se. And that sort so of- this benefits the employers more than, so you, because we're looking mm-hmm. at how uh, illegal immigrants say, for, so for example, if we look at limiting them, mm-hmm. if we limit, how many illegal immigrants come to a particular country mm-hmm. how does that affect the domestic workers mm-hmm. that by itself is uh is i think the question should be like how does it help them because they don't necessarily like if you limit the number of illegal immigrants coming into agriculture you're not going to see this surge in domestic labor coming to work in agriculture you see because remember already it's dirty it's degrading and it's no, but not many people uh, want to work in this field. The wages are low. It's dangerous. You're working outside. It's dirty. It's, as, it said, as we said, degrading, uh, all those things. And also, like, I was reading a paper that about three quarters of the youth in Uganda would take a desk job if they had, if they had uh, three quarters of the youth that are working in, in, in agriculture. So would normally, take the, normally the, 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 the people that are documented prefer not to have agricultural jobs oh sorry no those that one i was just talking about like in general like people who are working like these are legal citizens of the country that want to you know so just to show you that even the people that are there they don't necessarily it's not their dream 
for some people yeah, it's not for job. a significant number of people it's not their dream job because of the the nature of the job and also the it's very volatile like it's not necessarily you know as uh flashy as uh working for a tech company or this sort of a, yeah. yeah yeah this sort of a thing yeah so it it doesn't necessarily you're not going to see this significant number of domestic workers lining up at the farm saying oh finally they've limited the they've limited the number of immigrants now we can i mean illegal immigrants now we can finally uh start working that so which is funny because people get very emotional about the fact that there are lots of illegal immigrant workers working most yeah. of them go to culture yeah. but in your paper you basically explain that even if they're not there people still wouldn't get those jobs so they, they wouldn't necessarily uh jump at the, you know what i'm saying and then also the other thing is if you limit or make it difficult basically like sometimes you uh, increasing the the penalty for hiring that america has, has put in some uh penalties for for work farmers that that uh, employ uh, illegal migrants if you um if you increase the the penalty that can uh limit uh that can restrict people from hiring uh some migrant workers but uh the other way is that people just tend to go more into uh they just mechanize like they'll they'll try to figure out ways of of, of mechanizing which is another option for for farmers they do away do. with the whole problem yeah otherwise the other way is just to continue to figure out another way to get illegal migrants back into which is hard by itself it's very difficult to 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 restrict you know immigrant yeah. migrants from from coming into your country like it's even i remember people talking about I, I think it was one of these news outlets that went to interview the middlemen in uh mexico when they were talking about the war the trump war and i was so shocked to to hear the the middlemen were happy they were like yeah yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the war oh dude we love the war man we, we love yeah, the war, the war. <laughs> yeah, because they're like dude all it does is it just makes it, it we we just hike up our prices yeah that's all we do we money just it's more money for us and uh because we have to tell them look it's become more difficult and that sort of a thing so it's 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 just really it's it's really interesting too. See, I, yeah. I also think that some of the the negative perception can come from it can come from the change in the the de, demography 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 <laughs> yeah demography yeah yeah because like when 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 migrants come into an area like it changes you know like people it changes the culture it changes uh, things like that and one reporter once said that um, in Spain. There was uh, I forget the name of him L L L something. There was the uh, like he I don't know if L <laughs> something I don't know what if his if his take would, uh, should be taken as uh, as the be or end or but he was saying that there were policies that they put in in that town to push out migrant workers to the outskirts of the city because they were trying to prevent them from colonizing um, their city. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, it. I don't know how true that is, but, um, yeah. You, so you hear gets... that quite a lot when there's a big wave of uh, a change in. Oh, I found the name by the way. It's L A G L El Hido El Hido El Hido. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's 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 an interesting one because when demographics start to change and people start feeling it. Uh, even though it may be inflated and the you know the political tension might stoke it up it sort of starts causing um more problems 
mm-hmm. and politicians have to do something about it mm-hmm. which brings me to our last and probably the most extensive question which was also the most fascinating for me um, because it's looking at the political aspect and how, how is the discrimination and politici- politicization of illegal migrants affecting legal migrants and how do governments in Africa and Europe respond to this? So we can start with South Africa, for example. Before you uh, speak, just yeah. one, I just want our listeners to know that in South Africa, according to the South African Statistical Office from the Mail and the Guardian uh, Media House in South Africa, as of 2015, 500,000 to 1 million people were predicted to be undocumented migrants. And many of wow. them are from regional African countries and just mm-hmm. general africa mm-hmm. and i think many people know about different bouts of xenophobia in south africa and normally that the perception and reasons for xenophobia is that xenophobia is people are taking over and overwhelming south africa's labor market but when you look at the statistics three to four percent of south africa's population is either a migrant legally or illegally whereas in the us it's 11 in the uae it's 80 percent so wow. Some of these things, it, so it, it feeds into the political and cultural fears that seem to be inflated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just let's let's just expand on this question um, once again. How is what are the political connotations? What are governments doing about it? And how does it mm-hmm. affect even the legal migrants? Yeah, it. Uh, I think it does because, uh, as I said, I think before, I think this is yeah, I think this is where this was mentioned that it's difficult for illegal migrants even when they become legal to find work because of the you know the discrimination that exists against um um the migrants that come in so it's like no matter um uh, as i said also before that in that spanish town they basically saw that there that there was a lot of change occurring like all oh, people you know different people are now coming in let's do our, what we can to you know ensure that our town remains what it you know what it's always been that sort of uh the, the cultural originality the cultural yeah exactly or, or the more racist um, cultural purity as though there's actually anyone that is purely of one culture yeah yeah and i think you know it's like you know how humans are you know like you don't you just see one person from a certain community doing this and you just paint everybody if it's frequent enough you just paint everybody like all oh, these guys are you know, these guys are like this. Right, and sort okay. of... It takes a s- um, small minority to paint a large picture. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it could affect in that one. Also, uh, perhaps maybe also some violent things that have occurred to, as you said before, the xenophobic attacks that have occurred. So maybe the, right. the politicization and discrimination, that, that, that could be um, one of the... That's, yeah, that's actually interesting because South Africa, South Africa has a long history to do with land. Um, hmm. is that issue to do with the land uh, hmm. reform um hmm. land distribution whatever you want to call it land reform hmm. and how that's it's also intertwined in the agriculture hmm. uh, legal immigrant issue and xenophobia it's sort of linked because hmm. you can see there's xenophobia towards and i saw this documentary i forgot which news agency it was i don't want to name drop uh, <laughs> you know just in case wait hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, say, for example, Zimbabwean farmers going into South Africa in Limpopo, which is the northern uh, and most northern province, Mm 
mm-hmm. South Africa and working for farmers who own large tracts of land who predominantly are white. Mm-hmm. And then you have a situation where people, these, uh, because of, as you said, the advantages of hiring undocumented migrants, mm-hmm. you know, you can have them almost at your behest. They're mm-hmm. slaves to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also mingle in the community. So you have illegal immigrants leaving a country of instability, going to South Africa for greener pastures, but living under different conditions, mm-hmm. under uh, uh, an inherited apartheid system where yeah. land is owned by white people. And then mm-hmm. those people are normally living in the low density. Those area, yeah, areas. very so, rural, very rural yeah. Yeah. So now when one person sparks one flame of xenophobia, those guys are probably the ones with the jobs for yeah. various reasons because they're undocumented immigrants yeah then, yeah but then of, of course yeah. there's also very you know well-qualified high-skilled south africans who are teaching doctors professors in, uh, in, in in who have migrated from other parts of africa mm-hmm. those guys will be affected mm-hmm. exactly exactly you, see, you can kind of draw the line all over because mm-hmm. most people complain and say why are you venting your anger against black africans who never were the cause of apartheid uh, and of course it's of course wrong to venture anger against anyone uh, that's not the way you deal with things but i guess the anger is vented against them because they are the closest in proximity to them because they're mostly in low yeah. density areas uh, they are both very, in very poor situations because of the high levels of inequality yeah. and they are yeah. the ones getting they appearing to get the jobs because yeah. of the advantages of being an undocumented yeah, because undocumented migrants are willing to take the low lower wages because yeah. of the you know income differentials and also like the the differences yeah. in their um, what do you call this again the currency you know that sort of yeah. thing. So it's 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 like for for undocumented workers they're willing to take those jobs and they're willing to work like crazy ten hours plus sort of things. Whereas uh, a South African person may not be willing to do that i mean of course like you're not <laughs> you know i'm not trying to say it's a bad thing not to to ask for that but for the farmer it's like oh this person if i was to do the thing I, like i, I you, you can't necessarily uh, hold the same control with them because they have so many legal um uh, channels to follow if you do anything and uh, when w- whenever the government tries to mitigate they try to increase wages for example so that maybe it can encourage but again you know, for farmers. But again, you could also see when the, when the government increases wages for mm. farmers, this mm. is undocumented. This is documented farmers, right? So document, yeah. So when farmers try to increase the wages for uh, just the minimum wage, when they increase the minimum wage, you're basically going to see a shedding off of workers. Because, More yeah, workers actually, doc- sorry, the documented like any docu like there any unskilled labor that's there, just they just try to cut off as much as they can. And actually one of the worst positions you can be in is just being unskilled farm labor. Like that's one of the worst positions because from some of the literature that I've seen, it's like there's a change coming in the sense that, you know, technology is increasing, right? It's becoming better and all these sorts of things. And right now people are working on, they're working on ways to uh, make agriculture more efficient, more, you know, just matter yeah smarter yeah exactly smart uh everything like that so if you're unskilled basically you don't have that much education and this comes in like what are you going to like there's once this technology comes in they're just going to say move over 
yeah. you know and skilled workers are the ones that are now just going to be more uh, or semi-skilled workers are the ones that are going to be because right now they're already seeing it because you know uh, agriculture i mean south africa is more export oriented in terms of agriculture so you know as it's exporting these other countries have got their own um uh, certifications and standards so yeah. from workers have to be able to understand that oh don't do it like this do it like this because the customer wants it like this if you're not able to at least read and write like that's it's it's already a challenge for you so yeah so it's it's, it's funny because the, you've mentioned that when they increase wages and you mm. and you if, if you are illegal but unskilled labor mm. in the mm. agriculture industry and they increase wages you probably be the first victim yeah, going to be for sure, <laughs> for sure. Where else? Uh, where else is it going to crack uh, Migrants, and then on the other hand, it's also becoming a competition of unskilled, undocumented. There's so many ands here. Yeah. Unskilled, <laughs> undocumented uh, migrants mm-hmm. against mechanization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For them, it's yeah. Because even the the documented ones are not like they are the third ranking when it comes to competition. They are not like they are not even in the running. Mm-hmm. between machines and undocumented yeah migrants. and undocumented migrants basically yeah. yeah and then like when it comes to the response like europe has basically been trying to figure out like oh what's the what's the main cause of this because europe has had this migration uh i don't know if you can call it a crisis or uh yeah. what but they've really you know, massive yeah massive 20- crisis yeah precisely change the whole political atmosphere at one point yeah, precisely. And it's become a huge, huge um, issue. So Europe has been trying to figure out what's the what's the genesis, what's the thing that we can do to stop this from uh, happening. And as I said before, like migration is uh, so complex, like you can't just pin it down to one issue because the common thought is, oh, okay, well, relating it to agriculture. The common thought is, oh, let's go into these communities, these rural communities, we improve their agriculture systems, therefore they're not going to want to migrate. But that actually does the opposite, you know? Mm. You go in, you improve the agriculture system, quite all right, those farmers start earning more money. But what they'll do is, what's going to happen is when those farmers earn more money, they start spending money on these non-farm goods. So yeah. they go in, they start buying these uh, things that benefit other industries within that country, which will in turn improve the indes- the other industries within that country and even make them more attractive. So what tends to happen when you improve the incomes of farmers is you're going to see more migration. <laughs> you're going to see people going, leaving because the other industries are more still more attractive. Well, the agriculture sector, yeah. Yeah, than, than the agriculture sector. So it's you it's very difficult to just say, okay, let's go in and just improve the 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 rural situation. Let's make farmers start it's, making it's more. It's very much a multi sectoral Yeah. Very I mean everything is sort of thinking society economy and the politics yep and even the agriculture industry there's so much diversity i didn't, I didn't even i had no idea yeah yeah i mean they they i think there was one i think the international fund for agriculture development i hope i didn't butcher that if <laughs> i'm hoping i didn't butcher that but they came up with a, uh, an idea called the district value chain uh, committee and um, it's basically where they try to ensure that all the value created by these rural communities is captured. So they 
they improve the communities, basically they improve the communities, the rural communities, because sometimes when, uh, most of the time when these people are farming, they don't see the benefit, like the agriculture products are basically taken, they take the low wage, and that's, uh, farmers, farmers themselves don't get that much money. So uh, based on uh, like the dollar, for every dollar that they, you know, they, the, for every dollar that's spent on an agricultural product, the farmer gets very, very little. We can we can wrap this up by asking yeah. you if they, as we normally try to do it, and mm. anything. <laughs> thought, I'm hoping. What do you think is the best way to? Do you think agriculture labor in general is doomed because of mechanization? Because initially this uh, was a, a conversation on migrant labor. Yeah. But now we're talking about mechanization. So do you think there's a space for uh, illegal immigrants to be legalized in the countries that they go through, that, that they go to, or should, um, are there other ways of dealing with it? And also, if you could say something on mechanization, what do you think the future is when it comes to? Uh, okay. With regards to the um, legalization, I'm, 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 not too, I'm not too sure about that because, I, as I said before, it's a very, very complex issue. So I, I, I don't know if I don't know how to, how to, um, how to deal with that. But with mechanization, oh, mechanization is coming, and I think that a lot of African governments should prepare for that. Because the many African governments with the Africa Free Trade Agreement are sort of reconfiguring themselves towards agriculture again as a key industry. I haven't yet uh, actually read that part. Yeah, uh, no, but that's uh, general theme. Yeah, yeah, any doubt. But you know, like whenever you're talking in Africa, no matter what government, they'll always say the same thing: we need to go into agriculture. We need to go into agriculture. <laughs> we need to go into agriculture. It's like it's just it's it's a broken record at this point. It started from like for a long time, for a very long time. It's the same thing. But I don't think uh I think people have I think we can be a bit passive and even like looking at the methods, our agriculture methods, they they're some of them are very, very behind. And uh, you know, even in terms of even in terms of mechanization, like the the in terms of tractors, like we don't really have a lot of um tractors uh in uh, or, or or should i say a lot of fields that are, are harvested by by tractors that sort of a thing so but i do think that it's definitely it's definitely going to it's definitely going to come uh people are working on it people are working on figuring out ways of basically removing people from from you know the agriculture production that was like unemployment yeah, yeah. So if you not if you don't necessarily prepare yourself for the because a lot of I hope this doesn't even create another conversation. Like a lot of undo, when you look at the undocumented workers in South Africa, I mean not undocumented, sorry, the uneducated, most of them tend to be black. Yes. In South Africa. So and these guys are in the most vulnerable one of the most vulnerable positions because as I said before, if like once mechanization improves or once mechanization becomes at least cheaper enough because generally in agriculture the adoption adoption rate for innovation tends to be low because generally because of the price you know it's it's um it's if if something's not they're not able to afford it they'll still they'll still use the the other methods so if the innovation they just figure out a way to make it accessible for 
multiple farmers, then it's going to provide a challenge for them because you're uneducated. How are you going to drive a tractor? How are you going to do this, operate this system? They should have ways of skills training to make sure yeah. people are incorporated with the mechanization of... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Unstoppable, but at the same yeah, time, it's... unemployment seems it is um, inevitable. So you mm. have to kind of stop unemployment because Africa is desperately in need for employment. People, mm-hmm. the population is growing madly. Youngest population, yeah. and then agriculture. We tend to be have an abundance of you know arable land. Arable land, yeah. But, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they, they seems to be an issue with actually securing the food that the arable land can produce. And yeah. so many tools, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. South Africa, there are issues, the political issues with land reform, mm-hmm. and also affected is, and this is another discussion to do with yeah. Europe's notorious agricultural policy that's drawing, that's <laughs> um, sort of Pushing ruining, the outskirts, yeah, yeah um, mm-hmm. uh, ruining some African markets. Yeah. And, uh, has been revised or that has been changed so i might be wrong the common common agriculture policy yes Um, i I think they still give direct payments if i'm not mistaken yeah no i'm talking about the effect on uh africa in their imports of highly subsidized products into africa which uh yeah 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 no 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 i i uh i i don't know about europe but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah that's what i'm saying i don't know if it has been revised so yeah um all of this stuff is so widely connected and yeah we can close on an agreement <laughs> that uh, it is incredibly complex and there's no, <laughs> there's no full simplified answer to this stuff so yes we are trying to be simplified as possible but the simple answer is it's complex it's co- <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. it's not simple mm-hmm. so yeah on that note i think we're gonna close off and uh once again thank you so much to our budding agricultural agri <laughs> our co-host nathan oh, and um, uh, once again we are really appreciated for being us listening to us. thank you very much for listening don't forget to follow like all those good things <laughs>